Clippers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Wednesday, February 10th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. No postponements here. We are bringing you live new content each and every day. That's why we call it Flyers Daily. We did get a postponement for the Philadelphia Flyers. as Well, we knew Thursday and Saturday would be postponed, the games against the New Jersey Devils. What we didn't know at that time, when we talked about this on yesterday's episode, is that the game that was slated to take place last night against the Washington Capitals would also be postponed. And But why was it postponed? It was out of an abundance of caution. The National Hockey League put out the following statement. It says the NHL announced today, this was yesterday, that as a result of a second Philadelphia Flyers player entering the NHL's COVID protocols earlier today, the team's game tonight against the Washington Capitals will be postponed. The decision was made by the leagues, NHLPA, and clubs' medical groups out of an abundance of caution while the league continues to analyze test results in the coming days. The rescheduled date will be announced when available. Uh, It also goes on to to cite some other games that were postponed around the NHL. Uh, But why is this a little bit different than some of the other postponements? And this is why. Because it didn't directly violate one of the league's protocols, but this is the league learning and the medical professionals learning as well that with just one or two positive tests, two as in the Flyers case, we know Travis Sanheim is one of the players. We don't know who the other one is. But as is the result of, of just two players testing positive, we've seen other clubs push forward, bring players from their taxi squad into the lineup, and then have other players test positive later, and then the other team that they were playing also test positive. Look at Buffalo in New Jersey, for example. So this is the league saying, hey, we have two cases right now. We don't want to make it four. We don't want to make it eight. We don't want to make it 16. And we don't want to bring it to another team. In the Washington Capitals, this case, or the Flyers' next opponent, whoever that would have been in any scenario. So the league is saying, okay, let's just put them on pause. They're already going to be out on Thursday and Saturday. Let's also postpone the game for last night against the Washington Capitals. And we can gather more information in that window of time. And if there's no other positive tests and the things look good for Sunday, then they can come back on Sunday and continue their season. Um, If there is more cases and it needs further time, then you postpone further. Uh, But the case right now is we know of just two. And we know it does take a few days for uh, somebody from exposure to being not really even symptomatic, but test positive can be upwards of a week. So this will give uh, the league a little bit of time to not have the same situation that happened in New Jersey with Buffalo playing each other and the outbreaks that they had, which were far more substantial. So this is this is the league learning. This is good. And this is one of those things. And look, the league knew that this was going to happen, that there were going to be teams uh, that we're going to have to postpone elements of their season and periods of time, and that there were going to be players, staff, and others that test positive. You know, they went into the bubble, and they had no positive tests. Now, why is that? Well, it's because they had a massively controlled environment, and they all got to the bubble safe and secure with no with no virus getting in. And obviously, with a bubble, conceivably, once it's entered without anyone having the virus, it should not be able to get in if everyone adheres to the protocols and safety measures and does not violate them. And that obviously did not happen because they had about 70,000 tests and no positives 
with testing every day uh, for the players and staff inside the bubble. This is different, though. Um, And when the league and the players with the new return to play decided that they were coming back and they were going to do it playing in their home buildings, um, traveling, limited travel, not traveling as much, which is why you see the two-game sets happening in many of these cities and which is why you're playing the teams basically in your regional area to limit that travel and why you're playing the teams in your division eight times uh, is is all to mitigate the, the, the amount of exposure that you can have by not having as much uh, you know, time on the road in, in environments that you can't control. But even with that, the league knew that this was going to happen. So I see, you know, a lot of people on social media are kind of freaking out. You know, the NHL didn't plan for this. This is ridiculous. They should shut the league down. They're not going to finish their season. This was planned for. What the NHL did with the Flyers situation is they've pivoted a little bit and said, okay, let's not let this outbreak get worse to lengthen the the amount of time that they might be out. Let's just pause them right now. And then we can move forward once we have more information. That's the league learning from itself. You know, it, it took the incident that happened in New Jersey with Buffalo to happen for them to get to this point. And, and again, we're all in uncharted territory here. You know, as far as the, the notion of you know, just pause the league, why pause the league? Uh, there's 85% of the league is playing games, and that's fine. And in Canada, they have no teams that have been shut down. So why pause them? It, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, the other thing is, is well, they're gonna they just just they're never not going to be able to finish this. It's going to get worse and worse. They'll be able to finish it. We saw in baseball, we saw in the NBA, we saw in the NFL that they were able to postpone games and get their seasons in. Now in the NFL, they played a normal. 16-game regular season. They even expanded their playoffs and got the Super Bowl in. They got it all done. Now, that's different because, A, they're played outdoors or they're played in a huge indoor stadium where airflow is much better. Um, not only that, but the, the, the aerosol aspect of the virus around a cold ice rink is makes it uh, last longer in the air and be more transmissible which is why they're trying to do improve airflow situations like removing the glass behind the bench where players congregate on a bench and are breathing heavy or yelling and, and those kind of things. Um, so, look, the, these, the NHL has a contingency plan for everything. There is a buffer at the end of the regular season that they can reschedule games into. The playoffs don't have to start right away. Ideally, they'd love to start them right away to get the playoffs started, get the cup handed out, and have as much of a normal offseason as they can before the 2021-22 season when they plan to have a full 82, start on time, and get back to the regular hockey calendar. But with that being said, they do have a buffer there where if some teams need to make up anywhere from four to six games, and they can do that in a 10- to 12-day period. Um, if, it, if it got too out of control, you could see a situation where they got every team to – 50 games or every team to 48 games and the ones that couldn't quite get there if it was close enough then it would be a points percentage but they're going to finish the season Um, they do have contingency plan after contingency plan for everything that you can think of I can think of we can think of and more there's these are professional sports leagues where billions of dollars are at stake they think of everything 
literally think of everything, and they have seven-point contingency plans for all of them. Now, some of them may be so out of the realm of possibility or consideration, but they're all there. So that know that that part is, is taken care of. It, is this ideal? No. Is living in a pandemic ideal? No. So th- this is just the situation that we are in as sports fans, that we are in as hockey fans right now. And for me, yeah, I, I don't like the disruption either. Um, hopefully the Flyers can get some extra practice time out of it and find a positive in it. Um, hopefully uh, th- they get this season done uh, as close to the normal time so they can get back to a regular season next year. But I would rather have a slightly disrupted hockey season with some postponements in it than no hockey season. Because the alternative of no hockey season to me is a, a horrible, horrible alternative, as you know. We're all hockey fans here. We love the game. Um, and, and I get it's tough right now, and fans can't be in the building, but this is the situation we're in. We just need to be a little patient and understanding and understand that, yes, these games will happen. It's just a matter of when right now. They may be, you know, we may have a week off. I didn't want the week off. I wanted to watch the Flyer and broadcast the Flyers-Capitals game last night. I wanted to watch and broadcast the Flyers-Devils game on Thursday and Saturday. That was my preference as well. But uh, they will be back hopefully on Sunday, and we can uh, recommence this season where the Flyers are are off to a a good start. They're off to a a real good start. And in a shortened season when you need to get off to a good start in the standings, they've done that. Through 13 games, they're 8-3-2. They've got 18 points tied for the uh, top spot in the division with the Boston Bruins, even though the Bruins played two less games. Uh, But the Flyers are off to a good start. And it's funny because as I was looking at the standings before uh, getting ready for the podcast, um, I, I looked at the standings and I go, the other day, the New York Islanders were tied in the basement with the New York Rangers for the seventh and eighth spot in the division. And the Islanders since won two straight games, just two. And they went from the eighth spot in the division to the fourth spot. The separation from the top spot of 18 points where the Flyers and Bruins are to the basement where the Rangers, Sabres, and Devils are is just eight points. So that's four games. And if it's four games against only teams in your division, that can ha- that movement can happen pretty quickly. Uh, so w- we'll see how this plays out over the next couple weeks. Um, who knows what the schedule is going to look like when these games will be made up. You could have more back-to-backs. You could have more four games in six days, more three games in four days. Uh, we'll kind of weigh that as it comes. Can't control that part right now. Uh, but um, the Flyers are off to a good start in the standings. And when you consider that you may have some more of those three and four and four and six days coming up and more back-to-backs, it's even more important that they got off to this good start to the season. Now, the one team bumped out of the top four in the East Division right now, uh, because the Islanders are now in the top four, is the Pittsburgh Penguins. And why do I bring up the Penguins? Well, they they made a big announcement uh, yesterday afternoon. They have uh, named former Flyer goaltender, former Flyer general manager, Ron Hextall, as the general manager, uh, along with Brian Burke as the president of hockey operations. I wasn't surprised to see Ron Hextall named as the general manager. I was surprised to see Brian Burke as the president of hockey operations because his name wasn't out there. And I didn't know that they were searching for that role as well. 
but th- this is kind of the, the clashing of two different mindsets and personalities. Brian Burke, uh, as a GM, was always a guy that was a kind of a go-for-it guy. And Ron Hextall is more conservative. Obviously, we saw what he did here in Philadelphia, build through the draft, develop, uh, not rush guys to the NHL, not trade away, um, you know, currency in in the form of draft picks and prospects, uh, build it from the farm system out. He, he was trained under Dean Lombardi in, in Los Angeles with the Kings, and that was their recipe for success. And he has put the Flyers in a very good position. Uh, but now he's charged with the job of being the next uh, steward of the Pittsburgh Penguins, along with Brian Burke, who's the president of hockey operations. And, and just uh, it, it has me wondering what to think about the Penguins' direction based on the hiring of Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. Now, as recently as last Friday, I heard Brian Burke say that uh, he didn't feel like the Pittsburgh Penguins' window uh, was open and that their window as a true cup contender was closed, basically because some players are aging up, like Evgeny Malkin, uh, like Chris Letang, important players. They moved on from guys like Patrick Hornquist and, and others in the last couple of years. They don't have a lot of young players. They don't have a lot of draft capital. That They they were basically a team that needs to start considering a rebuild. Um, and he said this on NHL Network Radio on Friday. And then we know Ron Hextall is a guy that is more of the draft, develop, and rebuild. So it, it just kind of has me wondering what – what the direction will be of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Plus, you heard that Jim Rutherford, the former general manager of the Penguins, one of the reasons, or what was reported, one of the reasons why um, he eventually resigned from his position is because he had uh, he wanted to trade a, a, a core player. Chris Letang was the guy that was rumored, and that ownership nixed it and wouldn't let him make the deal. And when a GM knows that ownership isn't trusting in his vision anymore that's when it's time to go and that was maybe the final straw for Jim Rutherford so it's a bit confusing as to which direction the Penguins are going could we see a situation where the Penguins move forward without Evgeny Malkin I think so without Chris Letang absolutely without Sidney Crosby that's a tougher sell I think Crosby still has some really good hockey left in him um, but would he be willing to go and waive his no movement clause and leave Pittsburgh. You know, generational talent shouldn't leave a lot of times. But in today's world of sports, when Gretzky got traded, like they say, anybody could be traded, uh, and he was obviously generational. But um, we'll see what the di- direction is of the Pittsburgh Penguins. This will be interesting to watch from across the state uh, as Ron Hextall uh, is the new general manager and Brian Burke, the new president of hockey operations. Congrats to both of them uh, on getting back into uh, to the, to the NHL. Um, Ron Hextall was working in L.A. with uh, as a consultant the last uh, couple of years since being let go here in Philadelphia, and Brian Burke was working for Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada up in Great White North. So uh, congrats to those two. But that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. We'll be monitoring all the situations with the postponements and everything else. We'll have all the breakdown for you as well, and we're going to effort to get some uh, good guests in here during the pause as well. So check us out tomorrow on a brand-new episode of Flyers Daily.